Welcome to the Active Topical Banter Show, RP Gamers Editorial Roundtable Podcast. I am Scott Walker, and with me tonight are my co-hosts. I'm Sam, Sam Marcello, soon to be Sam Walker. Oh God! And I am the operations manager here at RPGamer.com, and I am a reviewer. I'm just curious: <laughs> is that going to be hyphened? Nope. Sam Walker hyphen Oh God. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> okay. And, my aunt has a one. Tw- she hyphened her last name. She's got twenty damn characters. She crazy. Next person. Uh, I'm I'm Trent. I'm uh, editor and uh, uh, current columnist for RPGamer.com, and I'm currently podcasting from the sunny beaches of Canada's east coast. <laughs> There's sunny beaches up there. Wow. Yes, the sunny I beaches think- of Canada. They yeah. they exist for about three weeks at a time. Nice. <laughs> he didn't say warm. But, you know, it can it's be true. sunny without I, being warm. said sunny, yeah. <laughs> and I guess I'm last. I am Michael Cunningham, editor-in-chief of the rpgamer.com website, and also podcasting from the sunny... Uh, actually, it's not even sunny anymore. Podcasting from the dreary state of Tennessee. All right. You still do the best Hank Hill impression ever. I know. I'm the only... US are on here, so I'm trying to represent. Represent. This is what we all sound like. In case you're Canadian and you're wondering what we sound like down here, this is what we all sound like in in you know the United States. So, just wanted to clear that up. Ah. All right, and you are listening to this late because real life is lame. We're gonna try and stay on top of that third Monday rule. At least till the next episode, and then we may step it up a li- even a little more, maybe. Well, we couldn't help that we had Scottish lesbian visitors. Which is also the name of my Imagine Dragons cover band. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish lesbian visitors. I would Wait, no, that, that should be my, my Scissor Sisters cover band. Never mind. The joke is ruined. <laughs> All ruined already. Legend dragons. <laughs> Everything is ruined forever. Yep. So what are we talking about tonight, Scott? Well, tonight we are here to decide for all time, for everyone, what, if any, is the benefit to attaching a numerical score to a review? Because we teased that in the very first episode, which you should read and then rate on iTunes. Or you mean read or, or listen, listen to? to. Either yeah, one. You should read it also. Read our audio. <laughs> also, Mac, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> oh. So review scores. Anybody uh anybody have a strong opinion on these things, Scott? Well, uh I will say I will start by saying that humanity has always sought abstraction uh abstraction in things, but I feel that ultimately um that uh, review scores are kind of bunk. That uh, you know, numbers are just an illusion of objectivity, and sort of um, undervalue the hundreds, if not thousands, of words attached to them. Which is, of course, why I have my joke system of colors and shapes. <laughs> I'm in the exact same boat as Scott. In fact, I think I've written a couple editorials about the topic as well. Um, I know I differ greatly from some of the people on the site, and I think that's part of the reason why I've done pretty much everything for the site except for reviews. But I feel like um, 
there's not. I understand the concept of individuals playing something and assigning what they feel to be a comfortable score. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The problem with scoring, as far as I see it, is the way that the general audience tends to use scores in order to compare different pieces of media that may not be necessarily comparable uh, to each other. Uh, kind of like saying, well, this indie game is a 5 out of 5, uh, which means that it's somehow better than this AAA Studios game that's a 4.5 out of 5, you know? Or perhaps this lovely sandwich, which I gave a 3.5 to. <laughs> or the discussion we had before this podcast, which I gave a 3 out of 5 to. So... <laughs> A good discussion no. jackalopes out of one orange. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's exactly the sort of thing I, I am suggesting with my system of colors and shapes. What describe... is the system of colors and shapes? Well, you, you would assign shapes to indicate uh, your overall feelings, and then the color is represents the intensity of those feelings. I think I think you're being too accurate in this. I, I would defer more to what... Uh, Conan O'Brien does in his Clueless Gamer segments. <laughs> you know, like, I give this a F plus out of 82. I give this a jackalope out of a wooded forest. And exciting. If 10 is me screaming a lot and 4 is this podcast, I give it a... <sighs> Loud sigh. Yes. <laughs> Actually, a loud sigh would also be a valid rating in, in my system of colors and scales. See, to me, that would be comfortable. I, I personally, like, no offense to the way that we review things on this site, because I know that all, all the reviewers take it very seriously, and we have very well-defined metrics on the site. Which I, I, I don't take it seriously. The numbers are made I, up. I would, prefer, I would prefer, personally, if we were to customize every single review so the score reflected that. You know, like um, like uh, the review for Bound by Flame could be like uh, three bloodied, rusted daggers out of uh, five possibly good RPGs. <laughs> that was terrible. I love it. Oh, yeah. God. All right. I think Sam and I might come in on the reviewing side since both of us have a hefty number of site reviews under our belt. And oh, I'll yes, go ahead and say that... <laughs> I can definitely say that I understand exactly where you all are coming from on this because the whole points that you're making about people taking these things and having different perspectives on them, about different types of media being kind of tossed in there, and it it is annoying because everything has gotten to the point to where each side has their own different style of scoring – each person kind of has their own different style of scoring. And I can understand the dislike for review scores and the fact that I agree if somebody does not read the review and just reads the score, what was the point? You know, there was absolutely no point to writing one because a lot of times people, the recent review I just posted uh, for Dragon Guard 3, I gave it a 3 out of 5 and wrote, what, 1,200 words about how I like the game. I had fun with the game. The game has a lot of flaws. The game has a lot of technical issues. And I think a lot of people were able to read that because 
they saw it was kind of a three out of five and hit the middle of the road. You couldn't just say, oh, it's a five out of five. It's great. Or, oh, it's a one out of five. It's awful. Mm-hmm. I feel like at RP Gamer, we have done a better job of using the entire scale. We've done a good job of taking all of these games and are scoring for them seriously, Yep. at least for, you know, most reviewers. And I'll always beat Scott over the head if he doesn't try to take it seriously or just change the number for him if need be. Hey, <laughs> but, hey I put, I put precious seconds into deciding that I put precious seconds into deciding that uh, my next tabletop review is totally worth a 1.5 precious seconds. <laughs> Uh, I, I will say that I appreciate the fact that, um, and, and a lot of people who read uh, rpgamer.com uh, wouldn't be aware of this, but uh, even though I'm not part of the review cycle, I do see uh, from an editor point of view, there's quite a bit of vetting that goes through the score. Um, oh, God, yes. Pretty much everyone that goes through and proofs an article before it's posted uh, carefully gauges both the points that are being attributed, positive and negative, uh, and the general tone of the article, and usually part of the proofing process is reevaluating whether the score that the reviewer is attempting to assign is, uh, I wouldn't use the word honest, but representative. Matches, exactly. Matches the text. Yeah, what, what and uh, it's it's very rare that people like uh, Glenn Wilson, one of one of our more uh, popular proofers, um, would allow you to get away with uh, assigning a five out of five for a game. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> the you, hardest score to give on this site. Um, yes. It is. We go. Do through... you want to explain the whole process, Sam? Give well, a little yeah. detail of what goes um, on. So we have a policy that we instituted a couple of years back now, Mac. Yes. That must be at least two. Wherein, if you wanted to give a 4.5 or a 5, you basically had to really, really justify it. And you also had to get the approval of three of the senior reviewers. That way, you couldn't just slap a 5 and say, this is perfect, oh my god, best game ever. Because Much much as apps might like to. (laughs) (laughs) I love him dearly, but it's one of those things where, you know, between myself, Adrian, Mac, and Glenn, we're really, really tough when we get the 4.5s and the 5s because we want to make sure that we're not just handing it over to something that in you know a month's time, we're going to forget about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst kind of tossing out a high score is, here's your high score, totally forgot about it months later. Exactly. So when I look back on this year... And I see a 4.5 for South Park Stick of Truth, a 4.5 for Atelier, Asia, and Loogie, a 5 for Child of Light, and a 5 for Dark Souls 2. All of those went through the approval process of saying, we understand what you are saying here and what you're wanting to give, but you've got to justify it. And I can tell you at least a couple of those went through more than one round of discussion. I will... I will be honest, I know my Eska and Logi one definitely went through at least four. Because I wasn't entirely happy. I think I drafted that one actually a couple of times too just because I wasn't happy with it. Because I was trying to get the right frame of mind. Because let's face it, I am the Staff Atelier fangirl. <laughs> and I have to remember when I'm reviewing that even though I love a series, I have to ask myself, based on the ones that I have played, is this the best one? Mm-hmm. Right. I, 
Yeah, I, I, and, and I will say that um, I, I, it's it's a hard walk that I think RP Gamer uh, kind of, well, it's a, it's a hard um, tight walk that we, we have to go through because it's kind of like mixing oil and water. Reviews are inherently subjective. Uh, mm -hmm. and there, there's been a lot of dialogue on our boards and on other boards and pretty much all over the internet from people who like to make the claim that there's some sort of objectivity that should be inherent to reviews. But if you look at what it is and how it exists in the sphere of this game's PR, it's just one person demonstrating their experience. So when you're trying to apply uh, standards to that experience and we're trying to vet scores to make sure uh, the number at least matches up with what that experience looks like, you really are trying to mix some sort of objective component with what is inherently subjective. And it's not just that. I mean, you know, actually, I got into an argument about this with my Child of Light review because someone said I should have been more objective towards the text. And I tried to explain to the person that unless you are, you're knowledgeable in poetry, the dialogue is something that it will either bother you or it won't. And that's going to differ from every person. I can't say objectively it's a pile of crap if I didn't actually believe that. Right. Right? Let me go, yeah, let me go back to the numbers and what you're saying about them not really mixing. I'll take issue with because I feel like each of our numbers on our site is there for a reason. We have nine different scores that we can give a game on RP Gamer. It may be, that may even be too many for some people. You know, I take issue with places that have a hundred points. Oh, you know, I hate that. Because, you know, a 71 and a 73, what's the difference between oh, them? I there can is no taste difference. You're just... that difference. I yeah, can. Apparently, apparently so. But for us, I can easily, I have, you know, I've done a hundred and something reviews. I don't know exactly how many, but at this point in time, I feel comfortable knowing when I'm playing a game where it feels like it lands within that scale. And I think it comes from having a broad range of things to compare against to where it's not so much a, a matter of subjectivity versus objectivity i'm trying to say in this case here's my opinion here's what i think here's where i think it lands within what i've said about the game you know is it good is it middle of the road is it exceptional is it awful and i can attribute that to what the world sees as a number but it's just my opinion coming across there, which is then being transformed into a number and that's where i can understand things get murky because Mm -hmm. Not everybody's – my 3.5 is maybe the exact same thing somebody else says and then gives it a 70%. Mm -hmm. But those are two different scores, you know, 70 versus a 60 on some place like Metacritic or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and, I, and I will concede that the makeup of a review has some objective materials. There's always at least one paragraph that gives a very – a normative outline of what the plot is and some of the gameplay mechanics and that sort of element, some very concrete ideas that aren't always editorialized by the reviewer itself. But um, I, the whole concept that um, reviews should be expected to be objective is something that I think in our, our uh, internet-infused culture today we struggle with more than anything else. Well, and um, 
and and speaking of sort of the way you feel translating to a number is I have sort of a non-joke system of and I call it the four-ish point scale. And if if you read uh, my blog, you'll see me review fiction this way, and it, it might come up more if I keep contributing to RPG elements for uh, text reviews. But it, it yeah. comes down to um, the the four-ish points are uh, trash it, skip, uh, trash it, skip it, wait for it, uh, and a buy it, right? Buy it and classic. Mm-hmm. And those technically can be assigned numerical values, but at the same time, it's just me saying, hey, you should try this out, or you have to get this right now, or yeah. maybe don't get it, or no, just if you see it, burn it, which are kind of the <laughs> same score, but maybe exemplars. That's the same as our one? Like, time and eternity, maybe? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a difference <laughs> between sort of the two and the one, where the two is like, you probably don't want to do it, and then the one is just like, no, you Please really don't. don't. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I honestly prefer the sites um, that choose to go about it and just staying uh, buy it, rent it, or avoid it. You know, like just something very basic. So, and, and this is the thing: I feel like there's going to be the people out there who take the time to analyze what's being said in the review and draw their own conclusions as to whether they would like the game or not. And then right. there are the people who are going to slide themselves down the page and look specifically for the score. And based on that score, and possibly the person assigning the score, go out and buy the game, which See, I I think is really unfortunate. But <laughs> and, well, and what you said right there too, it, I would have a harder time coming out and saying buy it, skip it, rent it, than I would just saying this is a good game, this is an excellent game, or this is an awful game. I feel like I can get that point across based on what Scott's you know fourish point scale is, and then just. I would be happy. Um, I think RPG um, RPG Land used to do this, or they may still do if they have reviews. Is they would have a word, you know, just like we have the words on our score system. Like a four is excellent. I'd be okay with getting rid of the number and just having something in the background that they could click on and see right? what excellent translates to as far as a number goes. Because I feel like we have that nine point scale to give. And if people want to use it as a number, that's fine. But if not, I still get the point across about how I feel about it. I'd have a harder time saying, like with Dragon Guard, what I just said, you know, I'd have a hard time saying, oh, it's just a rent it or don't buy it or well, buy it because it would appeal to different people. But at the same time, my my thoughts are still, it's kind of average. You know, it it messes up as much as it succeeds. You know, and, and I have the same problem in a lot of ways where it's, you know, my least favorite thing to do, truthfully, is assign a score. It's not my favorite thing to do. Every time people get emails from me, they know I sit there and I'm like, I don't know if I'm even close to the right score, but this is what I had in my brain. Mm-hmm. And this is what I put on the page. Um, but there are some cases where, you know, I look at that and I just think, why do I want this score when... Truthfully, it's like, I, I always hope that people will read the text. Like, there are some reviews where, you know, people would say, well, you know, you should have gave this a one. The game was completely broken. Like, my Adventure Time review. Mm-hmm. That is a very unfortunate case where, you know, and Scott will tell you, I struggled to put a number to that. Because even though I lost my entire save file, which in some people's brain should be an automatic one, I couldn't ignore the fact that I had so much fun with the game Mm -hmm. right and there are those situations where 
assigning a score almost just seems unfortunate. Because on one hand, there's this really fun game. You want people to try it, but you know you can't score it very high because of some of the technical flaws that could be a part of it. And like I said, it's something I, I struggle with every time I write a review. And it's it's hard because in my head, you know, Adventure Time was super fun. If it wasn't broken, probably would have got a 3-5 out of me. Because it was broken, I still had to dock it. And that always breaks my heart when I have a, a fun game that just, I, I know I can't score it high. And I hate yeah. that feeling. Yeah, but you want to assign a score that's representative of your experience. Exactly, and that's why, like I said, I'm one of those people I would rather just not have the score. But like Max said, I've gotten into the habit of after 66 reviews, where it's just I play something and I have a sense of of where I want the score to be, and as the game goes on, I either dock it half or I bump it up half, is how Mm -hmm. I treat it. You have a a range that you know you're going to be in. Yeah. But that gets me to a whole different point that you kind of led into perfectly is if you if we leave off scores on one point, a lot of people will never see the review because mm-hmm. it's not out there anywhere. A lot of people just want the score, and sometimes seeing that score will bring you to one because you'll see something that got a one, and then you'll want to go look at that. Or you'll There's see something that got a curiosity. Yeah, 4.5, and you'll want to there, go look at some, that. some inherent problems to that, too. Um, I agree. I, I'm a regular purveyor of uh, N4G. Uh, it is probably the worst part of me <laughs> <laughs> to subject myself to such torture on a regular basis. But, uh, like, whenever there's a major release, there's a lot of outlets that give something fairly high scores, and there's a lot of accusatory fingers that uh, are pointed after something gives a less-than-glowing review. Um, I remember seeing a score that was out for Mario Kart 8, and it was a 7.5 out of 10, which I honestly judge as being above average. I don't think that's a yes, bad score at all. that sounds like a Mario Kart score. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad score at all. And, and the reviewer in the review, which I read, most of the comments clearly did not, and they fixated on the score, but I read the review, and, and I understood some of the steps that might have been made backwards for this Mario title, uh, in particular, some challenges surrounding like group chat and and the battle system, the 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 multiplayer, which in my opinion is a huge step backwards. So I, I understood the point and why the score wasn't a nine out of ten. But the immediate response of some people who clearly had not read the article was and definitely less, hadn't played the game. <laughs> anything less than a nine or a ten is a troll, and they're clickbaiting. Oh and no, anything. And anything but a 10 even that they've sold out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hate out of 10. Hate out of 10. Oh, my God. Yes. And at the same time, these people haven't even played said game. Yes. Those are my my favorite. Mario Kart 8 is golden. I'm sure you think that, random commenter who hasn't played the game yet. Why don't you Mm -hmm. wait till you experience it yourself before tearing a strip off of a stranger? And seriously, that is my favorite and least favorite thing about being a reviewer. I love the fact that I get to play something early, but I love when people attack my reviews and go, like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, and I'm just kind of like, uh, I just played it. You haven't yet, so... Reviews have become a justification, <laughs> and I saw somebody post, I think it was, um, I don't know if any of you all follow Peter Skerritt on Twitter, but... I do, yep. He posted today something that said, that, and I, I've agreed with this for a while, that a lot of people 
people are just using reviews as a justification. Yes, you yes. gave that a nine. You gave a nine to this game that I just bought. That's you know. Yeah, I'm not going to my pre-order now because you gave it a nine and a ten. You know. <laughs> yeah, or this game I already have in my possession, and I, you know, yes, you gave it a nine, so now I can justify the fact that I love it. Yeah. And I think that's one place that people have a hard time differentiating reviews is a review score, since that's specifically what we're talking about here, scores do not necessarily justify love for a game. If I gave a game a perfect, you know, and I, has, I don't ever, if I ever say perfect, I don't really mean perfect, but if I give a game a five out of five, does that necessarily mean that it was my favorite game ever or, oh, that I love it so much? Or no. if I have a game that I'm playing that I love a lot, does that automatically mean that I give it a five out of five? No. Never, never. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, it's silly look, to just do that. Yeah. I look at one of my favorite games that I talk about all the time is Final Fantasy Twelve. I love it because it has a battle system that I absolutely love and enjoy playing. And just I, I love that aspect of it. But as a whole, when I reviewed it, I had to give it a four out of five because it hit a lot of issues. The license system was a little rough. The story kind of fell apart. It wasn't as strong as it could be. The lead character wasn't great. You know, I docked it from that. Yet at the same time, if somebody was to ask, oh, what's one of your favorite games? I would list that. There's a differentiation that people can't really understand that game I love does not equal five out of five. Well, that you, would be. You can, I, I enjoy games that have given two point fives. <laughs> yeah, well, to, to, fur to further that point, I mean, most most people on the site know that I'm a big fan of survival horror games. One of my favorite recent survival horror games is called Deadly Premonition, and uh, yeah. if I remember correctly, uh, Eric Brudvig of IGN gave that a two out of ten. So there's a lot of hate on the internet for this game, and I remember I picked it up in a bargain bin for my Xbox like four years ago. And I played it, and I loved it. It was basically like Twin Peaks the game. And if you were to ask me what I would score the game if I was into this review score thing, I would say that that's like eight jackalopes out of one tasty pizza. You know, like that, that's good time, all things considered, right? But, yeah, um, absolutely. That is definitely, that is pizza out of babies. Well, you know, it's also things like, you know, one of my favorite games ever is Fallout New Vegas. That game is a buggy mess hey god and bless I know, obsidian they try they try their reach Always. exceeds their grasp and god bless them for doing that exactly mm -hmm. and you know and i also love alpha protocol and those are games i know i could never justify a five to alpha but, protocol <laughs> damn did i not love them yes their flaws are so inherent and you see them and they're right in front of your face but you don't care because you're having too much fun just making decisions or blowing things up or mm -hmm. having sex with all the ladies. Like, come <laughs> that on. Goes, that goes back right to what we were talking about yeah. because people can't just – they can't divorce game I love from score I don't think well, is exactly right. You know, yeah. it's funny, and I'm just going to bring this story up quickly, but last year I did a feature called Backlogging the Year – and someone left me a comment about how a lot of the games I played all had really poor review scores and I shouldn't play them. And I had to tell the person very politely, um, these are the games I already played this year and all the ones you listed with the low scores were my favorites. Yeah. Alpha Protocol being the best of all the games I played last year, I would say, in my backlog. 
And I thought both of those were great, and I gave four out of fives to Alpha Protocol and New Vegas. Um, but what I was the point I was going to make is that I have to blame the Metacritic mentality that we've gotten oh, into. Yes. Oh, that God. Well, Metacritic is bullshit. It's, it's, I, I think it's really bad for kind of everyone involved because not only can your I mean, Metacritic <laughs> as, as a publication, whenever we score something, it gets posted there. And mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of negative and, and comments that can be attached to our, our score when it's posted up there. People decide they don't agree with what we said. But I don't think it's I don't think it's positive from a consumer point of view because the aggregate still doesn't reflect what the quality of the game would be to you. And I know it isn't positive from like a developer point of view, considering all the incentives that are being attached, like bonus wise, to how well your game scores on Metacritic these days. Like you well, don't get paid overtime if you can't break an eight five. Yeah, if you're not above eighty percent, I'm sorry, you're missing out on twenty thousand dollars. Something like thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. are being attached to this completely arbitrary. And number. it's absolutely ridiculous too, considering no site scores the same. Yep. So it's like, how can you just justify a, a specific weight? You can't. Review mm -hmm. score aggregates are complete and utter bunk, oh. and I cannot stand the way they're they're worked on. I don't mind seeing all reviews in one place, but trying to lump everybody's score into one thing and have it mean yeah. anything is useless. And if you'll know the point you were talking about, you know, Obsidian, again, with Fallout New Vegas, was one of the companies that they missed their mark by just a couple of percentage points and didn't get the bonus that they were you know going to get if they hit that mark and i think i've talked about this on other podcasts is you know i was one of the reviews for that game and was lower than that point value than they would have listed so you know i had an 80 percent where they needed an 85 and you had i hate problem. the fact that <laughs> i hate the fact that my score was lumped in with something when i thought the game was great mm -hmm. 4.5 for us is not equivalent to crap yeah. And it's it's annoying to think that those are all up together and they mean something to someone. They're on Amazon now. When you go to buy games, right there next to the publisher, it has the Metacritic score. Yeah, when you I go to buy something on Amazon, yeah, and that's ridiculous. And it, not you know, not that Amazon notice, reviews were worthwhile either. Still <laughs> though, no. It's not like they're sourcing anything that improves the buying process. It's just no. more conjecture. It's not mm -hmm. just that. I mean, there's nothing more hilarious or awful that when you look at RP Gamer reviews, we're always at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and then people be like, oh, you just hate Metacritic. Like, you, you, want, you just want these games to fail. And it's like, no, this is our opinion. Take it or leave it. And Metacritic has decided to translate our scores in such a way where we don't have control over it. And, yeah. you know, like, there's nothing worse than giving something a 1 and on Metacritic it translates to a 20 because we don't have something to give it Yet when they come up with their meta score, it weighs different things. And I, I hate even talking about this because <laughs> it is so obnoxious. And I think just anybody who looks at them, I, I don't respect anyone who uses Metacritic score as any kind of completely valid scientific anything. Other but than how else will I phrase number. my facetious arguments on the internet? Yeah. How am I going to be a sarcastic jerk? Well, wow. you've always got VG chart sales data. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you're right. Oh, 
I can't even stand that. If that I, that's I, another can of worms in a kettle of fish. Copies according to VG charts. <laughs> they I have think... to pull these numbers out of their butts. They have to. Like they must. But I think what I get frustrated more is also the argument from readers where it's. Um, you gave this game a low score, and now it's never going to sell. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's that. When like, we gave it four like, out of five. Oh, <laughs> or God. three out of five. These are the same people that would um, refuse, like, they, they would tell you to go see a bad movie because they want to get a sequel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean... Awful. <laughs> I think I get more frustrated with that just because it's like, yes, you're, you're going based on the Metacritic score. Yes, I was that asshole that totally put that lovely one out of five to make sure time and eternity didn't sell. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Part of, part right. of it is, is like basic human interaction psychology. Like there are some people out there that are of the belief that, um, uh, disagreement is, is, um, tantamount to being, uh, condescension. So like if, if your opinion differs from theirs, then you're, you've said something aggressive or, or rude towards them as a result. Well, it's even more frustrating when they're also doing things like threatening you. Well, and there's and somehow <laughs> for I, a score, and somehow identity politics got involved. Like you know, you if you aren't a good JRPG fan, if you don't love everything oh. Nisa publishes. Oh my god, I can't tell you. Like I, I love our site, I really do, and I honestly feel as though <laughs> the commenters that we have are some of the cream of the crop as far as the internet goes. But there have been some times. I've seen what we in logic circles call a true Scotsman fallacy, you know? Oh, well, no true Scotsman would ever decline a nice bowl of porridge, you know? <laughs> no, And it's the same thing. Like, no true RPG gamer would ever give this kind of score to a Persona game. Or it, it makes these assumptions and it tries to redefine what is considered uh, a good quality gamer. And and by that assertion, it totally undercuts your opinion as a reviewer or your opinion as a commenter. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! And the circles you go in—they're just—they're awful. <laughs> I'm not a fan of circles. Well, I believe it was Socrates who once said, uh, "Don't engage with the comments section." Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Lincoln. I could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, and that's, I, I that's think no, no. Lincoln said it, and because Socrates did engage with his comment section, and he got hemlock for it. Hitler said it too, but when he said it, he said that he was original in saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it was Oscar Wilde. <laughs> Oscar Wilde. <laughs> so, what do you all think about the the review scale nowadays? Do you think I, I know long ago the we've mentioned the hate out of ten scale where and the the Anything sixes. below um, an eight, which I hate even using eight because we don't use eights. Um, <laughs> that would be a 4.5 on our scale. Anything below that is garbage. And I know that came from the mentality that a lot of sites, it, it came from the day when, you know, you had Nintendo Power, an official Xbox magazine, official yeah. PlayStation magazine, all of which are gone, yeah. would, you know, and I'm not saying this always happened, but you'd see some exclusives for those systems getting really high scores. Yeah, it's and not, you would never it's, see it's the not, bad games uh, get published in those magazines. Yeah, it's, it's not a great game for the system. It's not a system seller unless it has a perfect or near-perfect score. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, even though the, the, exclu sort of the exclusive is dying and the sponsored publication is dead, there's still a waiting issue where... If if something sort of dips below six, it's still worthless. Like there, there's there's a 
there's a grade school mentality in scoring where it's like, okay, you have A, B, C, and you're worthless. Right. Which I think is a pretty unfair mentality to have. Like, I, I Do you think, feel like that's still in play? I, I think it is, at least in a few places. I know, I know we and even the guys at The Escapist now are trying to use the full scale and that, you know, a two is worthwhile to someone, even if it is that, that ham-fisted, that, that hackneyed two of, uh, you know, okay, it, it's kind of awful, but it's a licensed property, so I'm sure you Naruto fans will eat it up. Yeah. And we can, thank, we can thank Jim Sterling for that new review scale at The Escapist, the man who also invented the objective... <laughs> Jim, uh, Jim and I, we... I would like to have a conversation with him, <laughs> and then a fist fight, but a conversation <laughs> yeah. first. And here's the thing, too, is I think some sites do this because they they specifically want to. And you know what? If that's the way you want to grade, that's fine. The problem is, you know, of course, Metacritic, which we've already talked about. And, you know, I, I mentioned I talk with a lot of people at RPG Fan and like a lot of those people over there, and their review scale is 100%. But if you look at their their you know criteria their grading scale is a school style grading scale yep yep and you know what cool that's that's what they say that's what they decide to do it used to Just confuse because I don't it personally like it doesn't mean that it's wrong no. and they're clear about it they but are. it does kind of bring in that whole 70 anything below a 7 is awful you know, and it's it's funny because I, I remember years ago it used to drive me crazy that, like, in Canada, an A is still 80%. So, for me, that grade school mentality didn't work. It? because Yes, well, it is. Ontario, believe it or not, in Ontario least. it is. So it's it not to, in New Brunswick. Okay, thank goodness, because in Ontario it is. And it used to drive me crazy because I would look at the review scores and compare it to my Ontario grading scores. And I'd sit there and be like, wow, everything gets an 80 <laughs> like it's an A and when I finally actually met John McCarroll in person and I talked to him about it he's like you got to get that out of your head in America we do it this way <laughs> I was like I'm not American I don't understand so I used to give them flack for it because you know yeah. I live in a province where 80 equals A but here in America that's the strangest thing even though that's the grading scale we do for schools that's not what we do for movies. No. We don't give a 100% score to movies. And why would games well, be different? Why do they need to be on a on a school scale? Because we're kids? You know, what, what's the point? Well, I mean, the, I... the average gamer is, uh, you know, the average gamer has a lot in common with a 12-year-old. <laughs> well, let's face it. You're writing for who your demographic is. You know, you work for Game Informer. You know your demographic is 12 to 16-year-olds. <laughs> Or you people with a premium now. edge membership, like me, who get yep. the digital copy. <laughs> yep. Like, you know, that's another thing I think when, when people review, I often wonder how often we take our demographic in and really write for them. How often, I know, how, do we have demographic data anymore? I, I was going to say, no one uses demographic data anymore. Like, Mac, right? do, do, we, do we, have we checked that in a while? Have we done a, have we <laughs> done a reader sure survey? one of the older gaming audiences no. of the more popular sites say, that handle RPGs. Like, I always tell people, and this is going to sound horribly selfish, when I write a review, I write it for me. And 
I know that it sounds horrible, but it's just, in my case, it's like, if someone can find what I'm saying useful, awesome. If they can't, screw you, I still wrote it for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I do the same thing with editorials. <laughs> and it's, nope, and it's, no again, concern whatsoever for anyone else. It's not to be mean. It's more of just, you know, I'm not a queen bee. I don't think I have fans. If I do, amazing. You're all awesome. If I don't, Sam, you have that's fans. cool too. Shut up, Scott. I don't have fans. You have more fans than any of the three of us. Probably oh. not. There's three of us? There's four <laughs> of us. Scott can't count. Counting got hard. More fans than the other f- other three of us is what yes. he meant. Yes. And I think you're a liar. So, just saying. First marriage fight. In the comments, tell the tell us if you're a bigger fan of Sam or Mac. <laughs> Don't or make Scott people... or Trent. No, my ego's choose. too fragile to know. I I, I, uh, my, I don't need to be involved in this. My ego is big enough. See, I, I can't know how many fans I have. It will mess with my head. It's okay, Mac. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of me. <laughs> but, you I, know... would, I would like you on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate Facebook. I, I give this whole thing... <laughs> I give this whole thing a Facebook out of Twitter. I mean... <laughs> I guess for me as a reader and a reviewer, my biggest thing is always finding people who gel with my opinions. Those are the people I like to read, especially if they review similar things to me. Um, I always love to see after I've reviewed a game what other people are saying, especially if it's people I trust and I follow and you know I talk to because I'm always curious to see what they what they liked and what they didn't like. Mm-hmm. I think when you are a reader, you have to establish yourself as somebody who has people you can you can rely on when you read their work you're you you know you understand where they're coming from and when I write my reviews I I do take a more personal approach probably more than I think some of the others do and that's just because for me I want to engage people in my personal experience if something weird happened in my game I want to tell you about it you know, like, if I reviewed Skyrim, you'd probably hear about my accidental lesbian romance that happened. Accident. <laughs> oh, no, it was an accident. I was fine. I, I, I witnessed it. It was an accident. <laughs> so, you hey, know. I'm, I'm going to differ from Sam here. Uh, my favorite reviewers all write for RP Gamer. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I honestly prefer the reviewers that, um, I, obviously, you want someone who is very thorough in their reviews. And, I, and I, there, there are very few people who do review and don't take it seriously. So I, I actually think there is a lot of good reviewers out there. Uh, personally, I like, uh, I, I actually do very much enjoy both uh, Glenn from our site when he does occasionally do reviews. <laughs> Uh, I love Glenn. And uh, Jim Sterling uh, from The Escapist, previously Destructoid, for the same reason, because there's a lot of people that I gel with in terms of general opinion, but I very much appreciate the people who challenge my general notions of things. Yes. And that's that's kind of like the heart of the way that they write these things. And that's uh, the biggest thing that I really appreciate, to be honest. And we do need to center out that part where we talk about Glenn and how he's a good reviewer otherwise ego issues are really going to take effect. Oh, so. please. His ego is too big to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, now, I, of course, if someone tells him that he's mentioned, he'll listen because he has to hear us talk about him. And how so great don't do is that. That's really not going to happen now. You've been warned, commenters. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 am, I am the twitchiest banhammer on the site right now, so watch your shit. 
<laughs> I mean, Glenn is our staff grandma. Let's face it. He treats reviews like a little old lady does, and I love him for he is it. Very matronly in nature, isn't he? He he is our little old lady. Like he is so meticulous. All right, and that's I what I love Glenn about him. Three and a half out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be scored by you right now. All right. Um, so I guess this is something that we've been dancing around, but I do want to delve into it a little more. Is just fan reaction to. Not not the words, but the number. And I'm like, really, guys? Really? When you say fan reaction, I, do you mean like fans of franchises who see a negative number and then assume the worst of the person distributing it? Uh, that that is definitely a recurring issue. I think it. I, I think fran- I think brand loyalty is perhaps too big a problem in both the oh, fandom yeah. and the publishers. <laughs> Um, cue every Final Fantasy review ever. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> exactly that. Or every Tales review ever. Uh, I, oh. I, here's the thing. If I was a reviewer, I would give such a low score to the Tales games, and I would be so hated by our audience. <laughs> it would there, be, it would be, it would be Star Ocean 4 Gate all over again. Oh, God. <laughs> Although I have to say, I give uh, I will give Vesperia uh, a smoking dog with a knife in its mouth out of... Um, coolness really <laughs> i would give it uh two uh two hamsters with heart problems oh, out of out of an anthropomorphic car <laughs> okay which isn't a positive review <laughs> no i that's a thing it's it's so funny in a sense how we do franchises on our site mac if you think about it because mm-hmm. we do have certain people that like specific series and are perfectly happy reviewing them. Well, call and... back to before, Sam has reviewed every Atelier game. <laughs> and I, I think there, there's I've... kind of a difference though with that. Cause like when I read Sam's reviews in the Atelier games, like she's very vocal about the negatives and because she's played each of them so closely, she's very much aware of what changes have worked and what changes haven't. And I feel like her her scores generally reflect that. Whereas there have been instances on this site and others where I'm oh so cognizant of the the reviewer's preferences, and I mm-hmm. feel like they're giving a free pass to games that honestly are in no way deserving of it. Like, um, it, not to list any names, but the people who immediately gave Dragon Age 2 a 9.5 out of 10 are pretty much all dead to me. Like, <laughs> and that, and that's the thing. Like, we have staffers who do have a bit of we'll call it brand loyalty, um, and it's hard sometimes. I think for Mac, and I'm speaking for you in this situation because when Speak we're assigning, away. when we are assigning a game to somebody, you know, sometimes we talk it out, and we always try to figure out who is the best person to approach a certain game. There <laughs> are there are three masochists I'll on just our go. website. Yeah, I'll and... just go ahead and finish your thoughts of my my statement Um, because it is very much a problem that we run into and something I wish could be addressed, but it's hard to. A lot of times you can't get people to review certain games. So it's not that we send them to this person because, oh, this is the, like for the Atelier games, we don't send them to you just because you're the Atelier person. I don't send Dark Souls games to Wheels just because he's the Dark Souls guy. I send games to the people that are actually going to finish them, play them, and review them. And sometimes it's hard to get as diverse a audience as you would like. Well, One of these that, months I'll I, get I that really Director's Cut of Deus Ex review up, Mac. I promise. 
I would have really appreciated you assigning Mugen, Mugen Souls Z to uh, Wheels again, personally. I, I tried. <laughs> I sent him a review copy of a, a review code for uh, Soul Sacrifice Delta to do the impression for it, and I put the Mugen Souls Z uh, code there instead, and he almost redeemed it. Almost. <laughs> then I had to send him the real one. <laughs> oh, you, you're thing. a mean man, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, I was so close. So close. We're so, so close. close. <laughs> it's okay. I I have Mugen Soul Z. Um, I am one of the three masochists because for some reason I like sloppy seconds. Yeah. Don't know why. Don't know why. All right. Do do we have? We're running up on time here. Do we have yes. anything else to say on the subject of the numbers? I would say if you're going to, if you're the type of person who is going to look for a number score before you read the full review, you should really be putting yourself uh, in the right perspective. You need to understand what your preferences are and the fact that this is a subjective process. So even if you may not agree with the score or what might be detailed in the review, it's just another person's opinion and you can continue going on with your life. <laughs> I'll say in closing then that if you're the kind of person who just looks at the number and that's all that you really take into consideration, you've probably not gotten to this part of the podcast because when we gave it a two out of five on index, you decided not to listen. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to say in closing actually has nothing to do with review scores. I want to actually thank all the reviewers on our site for consistently doing a fantastic job. I don't think people understand how hard our staff works because of the fact that we do play our games to completion. And, um, you know... Which is a pain sometimes. It's and a, a totally pain. different topic that we can bring up another time. It's a another pain another in time. the ass. But you know what? At the end of the day, I always appreciate a game, a review where the game has been beaten because then I have a better sense of what the heck I'm getting myself into. We do um, take into consideration complete, not fastest. And I, like I said, I think we have an amazing staff. I'm, I'm proud to be a reviewer for our site, even if I think assigning scores is a pain in the rear. So in closing, Sam says she is her favorite reviewer for RP Gamer. <laughs> no, no, I am not my favorite reviewer. I am, I, I I'm always just kidding. say just I'm kidding. the worst, actually. You know that. <laughs> just accept it, Sam. We're going to be starting a fan club, but it's only dedicated to you. Yep. I'm not used to being special. Well, you're going to have to get used to it. I'll tell you right now, it's pretty rad. <laughs> you, you know what? You are the special, and all of it is true because it rhymes. <laughs> and I, I got to say, just to finish off my thoughts on scoring, when it comes to tabletop reviews, because I am apparently in charge of this, and will yes. continue to be so until I actually have someone in that department to edit... Uh, I gotta say, I don't take the numbers very seriously, but I do at least try to have them match what I wrote there and all the little subcategories I review. And I just... Take them seriously enough in that case, then. Just, just barely seriously enough. But at the end of the day, it's still pretty arbitrary, and it's nothing to get your panties in a twist over. Um... Well, I give your attempt at doing that six six-sided die out of twelve two-sided die. 
which I know there's no such thing. That would be a coin. Well, yes, but no, there are games that reference the two-sided die, and you can buy coins that have one and two written on either side because we're gamers and we will do anything to buy more dice. Tomorrow, That's the score I give your attempt. All right, so uh, moving on to feedback. Uh, it looks like last time um, SmackD posted the longest thing <laughs> and probably the most thoughtful thing. But is that I how we pronounce his username? That is how I... Well, his name, his real name is Sean McDougal. It sounds horrible. <laughs> Sorry, SmackD. I, I, if, we if know you, that's not your name, but it is now. Uh, and I would like to say, hey, that's nice. I don't necessarily want to be All the right. guy that keeps handing you prizes, but hey, you you, you can have a genuine certified, mar- certified Marvel no prize for your efforts. Uh, otherwise, I think a lot of people sort of took up uh, little side points as uh, their their comments, like a lot of talk about Final Fantasy Type Zero, and uh, a lot of th- a... the GBA, the Game Gear's battery life. Yeah, a lot of discussion issue. of battery life. <laughs> and just to close out, though, uh, I would like to. S- I think we all have to stop, and in the interest of fairness, we each have to say one nice thing about the Game Gear before we sign off. Does that sound all right to everyone? I never sure. had one. Okay, that's one good thing. <laughs> that is one good um, thing. I would give it uh, eight dollops of orange out of four octagons. It had a Shining Force game on it, so therefore it was okay. <laughs> oh, oh, it had the game Columns on it, which, you know, for the two hours I was able to play before the six batteries ran out, I really liked. Two hours? Lucky yeah. dog. Well, batteries in Canada are different. Yes. <laughs> Canadian batteries. Um, it also had a fantasy star on it, but apparently that it, fantasy it? star wasn't very good. Oh. Did it? Yeah. I had no idea. Weird. It's the first I'd ever heard of it. You know what? I distinctly recall watching television with the weird cartridge TV antenna add-on on a Game Gear at one point. And thinking that was the niftiest thing ever. You held it in your hands and thought it was the future. I I, I thought it was the future. And now (laughs) as I watch Netflix from my phone on the toilet, I know that it was indeed the future. (laughs) So uh, were there any comments on Twitter that anyone remembers that are worth mentioning? No. Just think, people liking it. <laughs> yeah, a couple of people saying how awesome Sam was. That's about all I remember. Bull! Bull! I call you on your bull! Future fan club members, sign up for $5 now and we give you a pen. Hey, hey, hey. you know, Cartman but, was charging people nine ninety five for his for his little club. Well, it's not worth that much, but we will put Sam's face on it. Yes. Yes. And this episode of the Active Topical Banter Show was brought to you by the Sam Marshall Fan Club. Sign up today and receive exclusive deals and prizes. Prizes? That's a lot of work. Yeah, I know how much you enjoy it. I'm the prize machine. (laughs) Okay. Enough Sam love, then. All right. In closing, I give you, our listeners, a a DRM-free copy of Deus Ex out of um, Pi. Out of origin yes now now just out of pie the 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 baked good yes so 
Um, feel free to leave us comments on this and tell your friends. Because if you tell a friend and they tell a friend, we'll have three whole listeners. Yes. All right. And that is the true measure of success. Three whole listeners. Good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. That was a lot of fun. Or good afternoon if you're the kind of guy that listens in the afternoon. We're Whatever. Not still are we? This is terrifying. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you all for feeding my ego for no apparent reason. Two out of five. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. The Active Topical Banter Show is an RP Gamer production, all rights reserved. Visit rpgamer.com for contact info, discussions, and other great content. Music by Nubuo Ematsu, arrangements courtesy of ocremix.com.